0: oh adam
1: joshua townsend zellner yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why, by uh, the way when do you use the zellner and when not the zellner
0: oh when it's more um official or whatever because that that is when, the legal last name when so. there are
1: jews in the audience
0: oh, <laughs> no, then i'd be using it all this time <laughs> yeah. um yeah it's more of a spontaneous thing if i if i don't want to be questioned you know yeah. if i just want like ease of entry yeah. you know but I, what I wanted to ask you though was real quick: Is do you think it'd be okay to do like uh, like an announcement of the of the upcoming class I'm doing at uh, at the Braid in Santa Monica on Monday night?
1: <laughs> it sounds like a question statement.
0: No, it's it's a real authentic question because it's starting on um, Monday, uh, September seventeenth at seven o'clock, and I just I just wanted to run it by you before we you know, we did it for the show. Is
1: this a lead into an episode on consent? <laughs> <laughs> could, that, you,
0: could, could you just initial here, sign here? But I just wanted to hold your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says. So that.
1: wait, the industrial area in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. So right around like Stewart, exactly. in Colorado. Yeah,
0: you know where Lionsgate is. I do the, the water. Yeah, it's yeah. just. Up they don't the street let me in there, there.
1: but dri- I drive by and wave. It's probably better not to <laughs> yeah. go
0: in there. Yeah, near the wa- uh, uh, the water park. Yeah, mm-hmm. that area. Yeah, nice. So dish.
1: Monday nights, mm-hmm. seven to ten. Mm-hmm. And what are we? What are we going to be uh, teaching?
0: I'm going to be teaching all about. You know, basically the creative process—exactly what, what, what we go over right here.
1: The creative process and storytelling for writers, actors, directors—anyone interested in deepening their process. C. Lucky oh, people. Oh,
0: and, and I'll be—I'll be—I'll be teaching in in English. Yeah. I didn't want anyone to think. C. Oh, wow. C. Yeah.
1: I guess the uh, spoilers that people have already started signing up. So. Yeah. Get it while it's good. And to get it, you just go to notesonyournotes.com, click on today's episode, and there's a link there to register for the class and to get more information. Or even better, go to our Facebook page, Notes on Your Notes. Just search for that on Facebook if you haven't liked us already. Uh, And there's an event there with links and more descriptions all about it. And you can also get all of Josh's great posts about the creative process and storytelling there. Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station.
0: Hey Adam, it's time for notes on your notes.
1: I'm Adam Lesser. And I am
0: Joshua Townsend.
1: Welcome to Notes on Your Nose, a podcast about the creative process in storytelling. Mm-hmm. With an
0: emphasis on storytelling today. Today
1: we're going to talk about storytelling. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about today? I have no idea.
0: I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of have a, a faint memory of what it was. Sort of like a little residual. A residual. residual. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. You know there's a bar in, um, in Studio City called Residuals. Oh, all those, is that
1: where aging actors go to count their checks?
0: <laughs> I've, I've never been there, but I've heard you can get, as long as you bring in a residual check, they'll give you like um, an, a beverage or something. And so they have all these like two cents and three cents residual checks that, that like, never get
1: cashed. We'll never have it like we had it on MacGyver oh. an Airwolf
0: that's good what was that one kit the one with the car that spoke what was that called?
1: uh night rider and <laughs> i used to watch it in italy it was dubbed and they called it supercar there. supercar Kit night rider
0: yeah so that's one kind of residual
1: huh uh, that is not the type of residual we're going to talk about on today's show. Mm-mm. You know what's fun is that mm. Josh often sends me pitches. Well, you've started sending me pitches via audio now. Yeah. So he sends me a recording. And usually, you know, it's so fun because I know, have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but then by the end of the thing, you still have no idea what I'm yeah, talking exactly. about. Yeah, exactly. Which is great, yeah. So Josh, what, do you think is, what are you thinking? What are residuals in characters?
0: Right. So residual is... A, a residual is something that that which used to be there and still, on some level, is or is waiting to be um, stimulated to come back. So, what that would look like would be if I was um, if I was a cheerleader in high school and now I'm uh, you know a forty something mom. You know, maybe maybe some of those uh, ways I used to dress would show up in my in my choices. Like I'd wear little ribbons in my hair, or when if I went to a party, I'd go hi. And mm. that, that part of me that once was alive or, or fully alive or integrated would, would still have a little residual effect in how I show up today.
1: Yeah. So it can come through behavior. Mm-hmm. It can come through language, the words we use. Yes. Uh, it could come through physical setting probably. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like let, let's, let's go to uh, language. Uh, you know, so like if um, let's say my character is um, – Let's say my character is 60s-year-old, and uh, and let's say I used to be a lawyer in my 30s. So maybe some of the word choices or languaging that I I used to use in my profession would show up in my day-to-day life as well.
1: Like. You doing that is conditional on you fulfilling this obligation for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. In due process, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get this done. So, so you might use lawyerly language. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Some slang language. You know what
1: mm-hmm. I hear a lot, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. I saw an interview recently with mm-hmm. a football player named Michael Strahan, who mm-hmm. I think is on the Regis and Michael show now. Yeah. Oh, what is the Regis's replacement? Uh, he talked about what he missed about playing professional football. Yeah. And he said it wasn't winning. Oh. It wasn't about championships. It was my guys, mm. you know, like they're warriors suiting up on Sunday with my guys. Mm-hmm. You hear that sometimes among people who play team sports at a high level. Yes. That language is residual for them throughout their life. Yes. And sometimes they do seek out more of that sort of team-like aggressive occupations later in life. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And there's a huge difference between uh, a team player and someone who like plays tennis or golf that's yeah. not associated with you know a team directly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so there's that and then um physical behavior again for more this would be more like for a writer but uh let's say that um i'm um i was in a relationship for three or four years and i had a little picture of her by my bedside and then you know there's a breakup and uh and instead of instead of um showing my my night table with like, oh, there's the picture of what used to be. You know, that wouldn't be real, perhaps, for me after three months. So maybe I just took the picture away, and there's an empty space.
1: Yeah, and maybe there's even something weird like a sun mark. You ever ooh, notice those sometimes when you ooh. have something on a table for years, Yeah, and then you take it away, and there's a different coloration underneath? Dude, that's the ultimate residual, okay. right? Yeah, It's no. like the shadow, the,
0: the shadow, shadow of what, what used to be. Yeah. That's, that's really textured and really layered. And and here's why this is so important, Adam.
1: Tell me, Maha Joshua. <laughs> Explain to me, Buddha.
0: It's so important because we, creative artists, need to take it out of the idea world or the thought world or writing the bio and having all that detail, which is great. But then it needs to be implemented. It needs to be made concrete, real, uh in the actual playing of. Otherwise, it's just an idea that just sits there.
1: Right, right. And it this is kind of like the hard work sometimes mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because you really have to search and sometimes, quite honestly, do research if this is not a world you know intimately mm-hmm. about the behaviors, the physical uh, settings, about the languaging mm-hmm. that someone might bring with them from the past. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can be work for some for some people they find it really interesting i remember philip roth the novelist talking about Mm. his the days where he got to leave his house and like go and like learn about the Uh professions of one of the characters Mm -hmm. or like those that was the fun so for some people this is part of the fun part too oh my god research (laughs) research and development oh my god josh loves that yeah
0: Yeah. it's like okay like let's say I'm, i'm writing the role of a gymnast and they're waiting to go into court Let's right. just uh, into like some sort of lawyer court thing. So it's removed from their gymnastics world, but you know, maybe before they, uh, they stand up to take the stand, you know, they're going to do like a little head roll. Yeah. I just yeah. did a head roll right yeah. now.
1: And you see this in, in, I think movies and TV where the actor's done a lot of preparation mm-hmm. and sometimes also when the writer has given them something mm-hmm. has not left them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even like an instruction, like maybe it wasn't in the script, but sometimes in productions you see the writers are more involved and that allows directors and actors to ask them questions like, so where was like, where does this come from? Right. Cause that mm-hmm. may not always be in the script or it may not always be, you know, in the story. But if you're doing a collaborative uh, storytelling activity, even in theater as well, and the writers there, sometimes that's an opportunity to talk about um, the past. And I want to be clear, like what's, distinguishing what josh is saying between what we normally talk about which is building the world of your character and understanding them on many different layered levels their archetype their psychology their physical behavior you're talking about the residual of their past Mm -hmm. even though now they're in a different place Mm -hmm. so someone may have been a lawyer in their 30s and now in their 60s they're a yoga teacher but they still in that their yoga class is different from everyone else's yoga class for that reason.
0: Yes, ex- oh, my, that's such a great example. That's, in fact, I've been to that yoga class. Were taught by an <laughs> ex-lawyer. Have you really? <laughs> I, I have. Well, it was definitely a button-down pro professional yeah. from the yeah. East Coast, and I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. You know, because that wasn't like a regular. And and then later I found out that she was, um, uh, in that world, and I'm like,
1: oh. Was it highly structured?
0: how did you know?
1: <laughs> was it highly, it was, th- were things timed to a T? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There was hardly any wiggle room.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Run a tight ship in this yoga
0: class. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I yeah. S- mm, you don't different. get to Nirvana
1: by screwing around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. hmm. And so that's what's so helpful because then it doesn't become just a cookie cutter. Yeah. It's someone with the past and someone with the future. Um, and it's been articulated and and, and and it's been embedded
1: in the work and the work. Excellent. I yeah. love it. So, if you're working on a project, whether Do it's. You,
0: you, you want to know what happened to me, though? Yeah, tell me. This is what happened. This is real. I'm not making this up.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I, I took Taekwondo class for like six months. Oh, uh-huh. hmm. And then uh, I you think. You took so much ass. Then, I did. <laughs> 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 I forget. Anyway, yeah. So there's a little thing, and they would go ready, and then you be, and you go into like a horse dance, like second position, and you're, mm-hmm. you're, it was like, huh, like that. Josh right? is making that like yeah. two yeah. fists, Fist. by his groin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Dantean, please. Dantean. Yeah, Dantian. In front of yeah. his belly button. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and um, anyway, so, you know, that goes on, right? In class. And then I forget I was somewhere, and someone goes, hey, are you ready? And I go, and I went into that stance, and I went, huh. And I was like, whoa, I got to get out of this class. Yeah, what's so
1: interesting about the story is you seemed so bothered by this. Yeah, because, because it was
0: taking over my unconscious body uh, yeah. uh, you know, rhythm, and, and I was only yellow belt. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. Imagine what's going to happen when I get to, like, purple yeah. with a stripe.
1: Well, I think it's, it's scary in one respect, although everyone has these sort of, like, behavioral – patternings from yes. their past
0: yeah and and then i i was in clear denial of that and i was i right. didn't want. what's that
1: what's different about your example is that it came from a specific training but yes. most people's are relational like posture is the biggest one mm. you see this in actors mm. so much like when they go into play a role like you know whether they show up with a hunched shoulder and the forward head carriage and mm. you know like you can see but that's very much a long-term relational yeah. um yeah. holding pattern yeah from their probably their childhood and formative experiences whereas mm. you're almost talking like on a greater degree of specificity yeah. and pointedness. you know it's like it came from this experience or it came from this specific milieu
0: yeah because because that's what we're trying to nail down for character because a, only a certain kind of character with a certain kind of Economic background, social support, international, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I mean, it just goes. It just goes on and on. Is going to be, you know. Let's say I took piano lessons uh, uh, as a child. Then the way I touch something or the way I have yeah. like a nervous drum with my fingers, it'll be different because I've articulated that like a non, unlike a non piano playing person. Yeah,
1: yeah. I played a lot of tennis and basketball as a kid and yeah it does it, like how i use my wrists around a ball and like yeah in a racket like is sort of how i relate to sports
0: i'll bet that if you handled a tennis ball it would be significantly different than someone who had never played tennis
1: maybe yeah probably
0: but it would have to be because all those times of like bouncing it before you like take it and then lob it up in the air and then hit it right and that's
1: yeah, and I think it's even subtler than that. I've I've wondered about this mm. I think it's actually my eye movements because I've, I've noticed oh, that now I we're already, getting now. We're getting yeah, good okay. subtle, But uh-huh. I've noticed that like the way I watch the ball is slightly different I think and yeah. I, when I when I see other guys who play tennis like I They have a capacity to watch the ball. Uh-huh. And it's different sort track a ball like tracking uh-huh. sure. Baseball players have the same thing sure they can track a ball at high speed. Yeah Um, And it's almost that like really that tight focus which can be bad as well. Um, right. Apparently, I, this is kind of how an optometrist told me that that yeah. that people play ball sports, and I had really great vision growing up, longer term because they've their eyes have adjusted to focusing so tightly. Their depth, their ability to move from short to long mm-hmm. as they age mm-hmm. is a little bit worse. Oh, interesting. Because they've been, had such a tight focus their whole life. Interesting. And he's like, yeah, I see that. You know, guys like you come in
0: and... Guys like you, like like you, not you. Guys yeah. like you. Yeah. I love it when people say He's that. really nice. But other I'm way. sure he was. But, you but know, it. guys. I didn't like tip you. him, Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend of mine who's a behavioral optometrist. You know, like that? Behavioral oh, yeah. That's optometrist. Cool. Doctor Sam Byrne.
1: Hi Sam. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he talks about how. At a certain level, that can really help hand-eye coordination and yeah. you know, developmental things, and and you know, juggling. You know, he talks about how juggling is really good because it can, you can
1: help you go and. Did
0: you ever tell you I used to juggle?
1: For our listeners, I just want to let everyone know that Josh at a point in his life was a professional juggler. Where did you perform? On um, Third Street, <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I used no. I would I, I would do um, uh, Disneyland. Uh, I was uh, I, I was uh, I was. Uh, I was one of the That's so cool. performers at Disneyland and, uh, and other private venues where I didn't have to pass the hat because uh, those uh, are known as buskers or street But st- they're like kids parties? Um, no, no, more like corporate events and oh. uh, you know, more of those kind of...
1: Um, what did you learn from your time as a juggler? Um, aside from juggling. Aside
0: from juggling, uh, good at eye-hand coordination um, that, I, that I really was not a, a juggler. Actually, that's what I learned. Really? Yeah, I, I was because I, I w- what I would do is I would like, <clears throat> I would pass out. Um, I don't know. Like, okay, I'll just go ahead and tell you what I would do is I would pass out those little packets of raisins uh-huh. to everyone that was watching, yep. and then I would and I would tell them to go ahead and eat it during my show because I've always wanted to do dinner theater. Oh. And, I, and most of my time <laughs> was spent in like audience participation stuff, doing improv, and very little was actually juggling because i found that to be more compelling so i guess what i learned about being a juggler is that i'm i'm more of a people person you're you're an actor
1: you wanted you want you're a theater actor you wanted to interact with the audience right right and that's where the fun is that's where the edge is it's like who cares you're not a monk a trained monkey (laughs) right you're not a trained monkey who can throw balls in the air you're a guy who's here to right interact and do you have residual as a result of your juggling
0: i feel that whenever i go into uh, a produce section that there's <laughs> there's
1: an undeniable draw towards you know
0: medium-sized oranges
1: well you just grab like an apple and orange and a kiwi in the supermarket sometimes and just start going banana <laughs> just to talk i mean it's oh i have the best
0: time when it's watermelon season much like now whoa that's kind yeah. of heavy yeah well you know i'm a professional so <laughs> So yeah, so it's it's <laughs> that thing of of working with that and then seeing how it goes into the character's central nervous system, and then having it show up in the moment, in the scene, yeah, in yeah. the dialogue, so in the in the. Oh, and the other thing I learned about from juggling is uh, catch and release. You know, you, you got to catch and you got to release. You got to let it go. Yeah. And then the other thing is is it's really important. And that's helped in your personal life <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that's really cool about juggling is that it it also tells me that. That the balls know how to juggle, and it's only I who interrupt the cycle of the ball. And yeah. so the more I can get out of the way, the better the balls know how to juggle. Mind, no mind. Oh my <laughs> God, you're just tossing. You should go to Tassahara. <laughs> have you ever been to Tassahara? You,
1: yeah, I have. I, won, I went once, I was fortunate enough to go once. You probably—that's probably all you need. They're probably like, "Whoa, this guy's like the real deal." <laughs> he's oh, yeah. not cut out to be here.
0: <laughs> no, no, the opposite. They were like, "Oh my god, he's like." Oh. So you're like, "Yeah, I don't need to go to Tassajara anymore." That's like, you know. You, well, you just said mind, no mind.
1: Yeah. So for those who don't know, Tassajara is a Zen monastery in the Carmel Valley in the hills. It's a very beautiful place. It takes in like two hours to get
0: there on a dirt road.
1: Yeah, that drive in is a little hairy. I don't recommend it, but. Uh, It's very beautiful up there. They have mineral baths, and they open up the monastery for about five, six months a year. And they allow guests to come and sit and meditate and eat food and hang out in the mineral waters and have downtime.
0: And they also have amazing artists that come in and and cultural creatives that teach and lead workshops on meditation, writing.
1: Yeah, they teach a lot of uh, artistic classes from a meditative, contemplative perspective. When Uh, I was there, there was a photography class. Did you go to it?
0: No, no, no. I was just hanging out. Good timing, though, because you're an amazing photographer. Oh, that's sweet of you. But it's true. I mean, if you ever get a chance to see Adam's work, I highly recommend it. Laura Davis, the the amazing author-writer, is there right now teaching a class at
1: Tosahara. Oh, lucky so. her. Yeah. can't think of a better place to teach mm, mm. if you want to create, like, really quiet space for your students. Yes. You know, where they're not
0: distracted. Right, where you can really get get rid of shed, really shed all the residual things that are in your life. Full full circle. Full circle. circle. Talk dirty to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This has been Notes on Your Notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Adam Lesser, and I'm still Joshua Townsend. Uh, You can catch us on Facebook, where Josh has done an incredible job. Uh, He posts, in addition to our episodes, uh, lots of helpful advice and great videos that are thought-provoking about process. And looking back at this episode, this is such a process episode. I think that a lot of people don't always think about where characters and even settings come from, the history there, and how they're embedded in the present. Uh, That's sort of like deep process work, the kind of work that Josh and I care about a lot, so go to Facebook and check it out. Just a reminder, you can always listen to our back catalog of episodes on our website at www.notesonyournotes.com. The music on the show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the sound editing design is courtesy of me and we will talk to you next week.